0: Here's Haddon for the win from the corner. He got it! Marcus Howard with the dish to Aiden Haddon and Marquette is heading to the final four.
1: Thank you, John Fanta, I'm Aiden Hatton, and welcome to Games and Grub. Have you wondered how the NFL makes most of its money? America's number one sports league generates the lion's share of its yearly revenue from its TV contracts. The league just agreed to its latest rights deal with five total media conglomerates, NBC, CBS, Fox, ESPN slash ABC, and Amazon, the newest player in the streaming sports game. Each of these quote-unquote channels pay around $1 billion each year for their package of football, whether it be Sunday Night Football for NBC, the AFC-NFC packages for CBS and Fox, respectively, Monday Nighters at ESPN, and Amazon's newly acquired Thursday Night Football, which as of this season now airs exclusively on Prime Video. That annual price tag carries with it a lot of pressure, both from the league and its viewers, to create a good product, and unanimously what consumers care most about in this department are the network's announcers. With over three quarters of the NFL's number one lineup landscape looking different on your household TV screens, how do the changes affect the league Americans love the most? Our guest this week is Andrew Marshan, sports media columnist at the New York Post. If there's anyone plugged into the news and notes of sports media in the country, it's this guy. Excited to dig deep with him on how this TV turnover will change the league in 2022. Here's Andrew Marchand. All right, Andrew Marchand is here, recurring guest from my vantage point. He's the Adam Schefter or Woj of, of sports media insights and news dumps, columnist for the New York Post. Last time we had him on, he actually just announced the day before the creation of the Martian or in sports media podcast. He's had on Buck and Aikman, Burkhart Olson. Michaels and Herb Street on all of those podcasts. So check that out. Andrew, thanks for coming back on.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, Very nice introduction. Appreciate it.
1: Of course. So let's dive right in. You're working on a big story at the New York Post. Um, Actually, by the time this comes out, it'll be out. But let's kind of go through the familiarity levels that Americans will see in the broadcast booth this year out of the five football broadcasts. And let's start there with Amazon. They're going to be the week starter kind of Thursday night, obviously Al Michaels and Kirk Street. They brought in Fred Godelli, who I think is someone that is largely underemphasized, I think, in the industry as a guy who, you know, adopted the first and 10 technology. He's done a lot for the game of football in terms of broadcasting. Are you concerned about the levels of kind of unfamiliarity that Amazon has coming into football as well as, you know, Street doing NFL?
0: Well, I think they got the booth correct. Right. Al Michaels is arguably the best TV NFL play-by-player ever. So that's number one. So very comfortable when you turn it on. It'll be very comfortable with that. And then with Kirk Herbstreit, yeah, he's a college guy. But to me, I think sometimes it gets lost that you're hiring an ex-quarterback. And so like what they did on the field becomes more important than what they say and how they say it. Uh, and so Herbstreit did not play in the NFL. But I think he'll be very good because I just think, first off, I think that college background helps him to just know all the players and really know their histories. Uh, I think he studies hard uh, and I think he's going to want to do good. He's motivated to, to prove he can uh, do it at the NFL level. Uh, so I think they got that right. Uh, so it'll be comfortable. And you mentioned Gidelli, Uh He's been the longtime Sunday night uh, football producer before that. He was a Monday night when I was on ABC. Uh, he's worked with Michaels for years. Uh, and so if you watch the first preseason game, I was down in Houston. If you watch that game, it looked good, right? So the question will be, will be, and I know that we're kind of focusing on the broadcasters now, maybe we'll get to this later, but you know, will the stream work, right? Amazon, if any company could do it, they're the ones, right, with all they have and what they've done. And, uh, but that's still, it's going to be a lot of people on, you know, watching one thing at one time. And even though the technology I know is top notch that they have, um, it just, you know, it's it, it just not, you know, are we there with the technology? So it, it works uh, and there's no, you know, uh, total uh, breakdown.
1: Yeah, Amazon has certainly put a lot of investment into that back end tech side of it. And now Michael's actually said that recently he thinks that it's the craziest thing that his kids are doing or his kids can appreciate the kind of new technology behind the Amazon stuff. I want to talk to you about you were just talking about quarterbacks and how important they are as analysts the the next booth that i want to talk about is fox with kevin burkhardt and greg olson you just talked to them recently can you describe the quote-unquote tom brady pressure that they have obviously with him signing that contract um after he retires
0: i actually think it's reversed i actually think it takes the pressure off those guys uh if you look at it especially olson well because here's the thing for me and why i think the tom brady thing is not the worst thing ever happened to greg olson first off He's 36, 37 years old. So he's now in a class where it's Tom Brady, it's Troy Aikman, it's Tony Romo, it's Chris Collinsworth. Those guys are all making, you know, Collinsworth is the lowest paid guy at $12.5 million. So that's big money. Uh, And he's in that group now where he's going to do a Super Bowl this year. If he does well, even if Brady comes in next year, there's going to be opportunities for uh, Olsen in the future, where he'll be positioned to get one of these jobs. Uh, And so, if you're Greg Olson, had a tremendous career, uh, but he's not a Hall of Famer, not a former Cowboy, not a quarterback, uh, and so to be in that class, it's it's good. And let's just say they're not good. Brady's kind of you know in the on deck circle, and so that sort of takes the pressure off. And I think if you're Greg Olson, if Tom Brady hadn't signed, there would be that. Well, Aaron Rodgers could retire, Brady could retire. You know, could they turn to the Breeze again? Uh, could a coach like a Tomlin or Sean McVay want to do it? So I think now he knows someone's there. And and yeah, like, look, Brady, I think will do it. Uh, there's some people who don't think he'll end up even doing it. Uh, I, I think he will. It's a lot of money, uh, $37.5 million. And um, I think he could be pretty good at it. Uh, and, and he's Tom Brady, so I, I can, it makes perfect sense for Fox uh, to go to Tom Brady. But uh, but for Olsen and Burkhardt, yeah, they they're going to have the Super Bowl, so they're going to be a focus this year.
1: Yeah, obviously can they I think the biggest question is can they gel quickly enough before that Super Bowl. It seems like they have a good relationship.
0: They do. They worked the whole year last year. You know, ideally if you're Fox, this would have been one more year, uh and Olsen would have been a full-time analyst for one more complete season. Uh, but he was good, right? He 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 was I, I don't like do I think was he like Romo when first when Romo first came out and people just like loved him. No, but I think a lot. I think he was very good. Uh, I think he wants to be good. Now this is different than like you're on you know 53 man roster and you want to be good and you're like motivated. And you want to go hit somebody. You still you gotta you gotta make sure you're calm, right? You can't. Got to be yourself. I did think Olson has a lot of really good attributes. Fox has been developing him for years, uh, and so uh, and I think I think most of us, you know, there's always the thing with the Monday Night Boot it's like you kind of are rooting for the underdog person right it's not if there's someone else and people will like it because you know obviously if Olsen's good then Brady's on the tech circle I mean that's kind of a an awkward situation uh but uh, so so I don't think yeah they're doing a Super Bowl so that's pressure I mean that's 100 million people not many people have done Super Bowls so that will be pressure that day but uh you know Burkhardt's one of the more likable announcers out there a good guy and his story is, his backstory is great uh and so I I think they'll probably do well, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be looking. And, you know, if not, I'll, you know, I'll say it if I, if I don't think they, they, they are that good.
1: Yeah. You can read his stuff at nypost.com. He will have all the analysis throughout the season of all your favorite broadcasters. He's Andrew Marchand. And you mentioned Burkhart's background story, actually former car salesman before he got his real jump into broadcasting out living in New Jersey. But let's shift to the guys that had the Super Bowl last year, at least the network. NBC, they replaced Al Michaels with Mike Tarico. Obviously, Collins were still around. My big question is can Tarico kind of shake off the stench of Drew Brees, his last analyst last year, who was largely unsuccessful and now he's out after a year?
0: Yeah, I don't think that really will impact Tarico. Uh, you know, I think the question is really when you look at it, they did choose to go with Tarico over Al Michaels. Al Michaels wanted to remain on Sunday Night Football. Uh, and so I think Tariq a very good announcer, uh, very versatile, uh, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a very good play-by-player. Uh, but he's not Al Michaels, right? He doesn't have the history uh, with the NFL. And just, you know, Michaels has had, you know, in terms of play-by-players in terms of careers, he's had as good a career as anyone ever. Uh, so, um, so but the, the Drew Breeze thing. Look, I watched a lot of those Turico Breeze games from Notre Dame, you know, where, where most of the games were, and then they did a Thanksgiving night and they did the playoff game. The playoff game was abysmal, like that's there's no way around it. They had the most eyes on them. Um, Breeze strangely just stopped talking, and Tarico, you know, maybe had to, but did too much. Uh, but like I don't think that really impacts them. Like Tarico's been broadcasting for a long time um and he's a good play by player just and i think it comes like i you know i always i don't like the uh this guy only these guys can do big games well if they do big games for 25 years of course you associate them with big games and 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 that's part of it and that's part of the appeal but you can't tell me like like so like a burkhart yeah it's gonna take time and and then it feels like okay this person that it's the skill level is what you're, you know, and, and Tariqo has the skill level and that's what you're really judging. And that's like kind of where ESPN has gotten in trouble with some of their choices is that the skill level wasn't high enough. And so when it's, when you get to the bigger stage and the skill level is not high enough, that's when, ex, you know, some people can get exposed.
1: Quick follow up on NBC there. What do you make of the studio desk? Because it just always, I'm always consistently stunned, stunned how, they have enough to pay each of these guys and gals. They just brought in Maria Taylor, Dungy, Jack Collinsworth, you know, Robbie Harrison, et cetera.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What, do you, how, what do you make of kind of their ability to have as many talking heads on that desk uh, well, as possible?
0: If you look at the ratings, it's not really surprising because number one show in prime time, the last 11 years, has been the game, Sunday Night Football. And then number two is the pregame show. So there are a lot of people watching that show, so uh, they should put some money into it. Uh, even though you would, I think it's kind of counterintuitive. I don't think most of us would kind of think like that show is so well watched, but it just in not prime time, you know, r- or like right into prime time, uh, and it's at the end of the day, and people turn to it. Uh, and so, so yeah, I'm not really that surprised they added Jason Garrett this year. I would say the thing about it that's kind of different, and they tried it with Breeze. They don't really have the big name analyst right like everyone that you just mentioned um like you have Collinsworth and Sims like both their fathers were better you know Jack Collins didn't even play in the NFL Chris Chris Sims, I think it's a like kind of a bad rap so he played in the NFL like it's not like he didn't uh I get it he didn't have a career of any you know um sort in the NFL but you know he did have a, a good college career you know it wasn't what maybe people expected perhaps but but I guess like uh, but they just don't, you know, Dungy Hall of Famer, Rodney Harrison obviously has had a, had a tremendous career. I'm not sure if he's in the Hall or not, but um, the uh, but they're still not the big, big names like they had for that. You know, last year with Breeze, it just didn't work out.
1: All right, let's shift to the fourth booth in terms of what America is most familiar with. And that's Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. They just changed locations, locations, excuse me, going over to ESPN. The first question I want to ask is, or I should kind of lump these two together, actually, what change will these two bring to ESPN and what change will ESPN kind of bring to them?
0: Well, number one, I think, you know, they're going to steady that ship, right? Like you, with announcers, you can have opinions, right? There are people who love Joe Buck. There are people who love Troy Aikman. And there are people who don't after, you know, they've been on for two decades together, but Again, there's a level that they have. It feels big. Uh, they're gonna. They haven't in the past, you know, made major mistakes often. If uh, you know, very you know, very few. Uh, and I think that's part of it. Uh, and if they know how to do a game together. Uh, they like each other, uh, and so that will give it stability. Uh, which and star power. You know, I'd say star power and stability. That Monday Night Booth. Um, and it is Monday Night Football. That's an historic booth. That booth is probably the most prestigious one. You know, if you look over the course of American sports media history, that's probably the one. Right. And, you know, obviously the last 12, 15 years, Sunday Night Football has kind of surpassed. That kind of has surpassed Monday Night Football. But still, there's something about Monday Night, that standalone game. Sunday Night's still at the end of, you know, you're watching football all day and your fantasy leagues and all that stuff. So it still feels there's something a little bit different about Monday night. Uh, and so they'll bring that ESPN is letting them do what they want. So I don't think it's going to look that much different. I think there's going to be a Joe and Troy production. I mean, even the preseason game, they only did half the game. because Those guys want to get out of there. Uh, so I just think that uh, that's how it's going to be. So if uh, uh, there'll be a different, you know, emblem, it won't say Fox, it will say ESPN, but I think it'll probably sound and, feel much the same as it did on those uh Sunday afternoons for all those years on Fox.
1: Do they take eyeballs away from the Manning cast?
0: That's a great question. That's a fun one. Like I'm not a big ratings guy. Like we talk about it with uh, the podcast they do with John Orand. Um and if we have some fun with it. I'm not a big like, I don't know. I don't care maybe people watch it. You know, a lot of you watch all <laughs> these things and it's like, you know, my life, you know, uh Brian Curtis has a line who's the uh media reporter for um the ringer where he says your life's not going to change over these ratings. And I kind of tend to agree with him. So, but that said, here's the interesting thing. So obviously superior booth with Buck and Aikman um, and the Manning cast is year two. The one thing you have to say is that there's going to be even more, uh, you know, people will know more about the Manning cast, right? The Manning cast, obviously it's Peyton, it's Eli. So people quickly found out that was around uh, and the ratings were pretty good. They got to 2 million, I think at one point, or at least around 2 million. Um, which is a lot for an alternative broadcast uh, so now more familiarity will they bring even more people to the manning cast uh, so that that's interesting and you know the bigger issue with the whole thing is like is ESPN bringing in more people or are they just like splitting the pie a little bit differently uh, which is you know a question when you're spending you know 50 plus million dollars a year on your booth?
1: Yeah, it's a great insight there. And like you said, the, the ratings will we'll have to see. Let's go to the last one at CBS, I'm calling it the constant, because this is the one booth that had no changes throughout the quote unquote offseason. Jim Nance and Tony Romo is the one question I have with this booth is, is America kind of growing tired of the Romo Stradamus type persona of you know predicting plays?
0: That's a good question. Uh, we did see some backlash, um, you know, and so, you know, it was a big deal that Nance kind of, they CBS felt like Nance really brought stuff out of Romo. I don't know, you know, why that changed, but, you know? So uh, I do think the play-by-play guy is very important to make the analysts better. I just think when you look at Monday Night Football's issues over the years, um, I just think if you have the great play-by-play guy, that you know who who makes the his analyst better that can really help so you know that is a boot that's gonna be interesting to watch um to see how uh they do because yeah last year there were some issues and most of the focus um did go on romo because he's Romo uh but it's a team so we'll have to see how they meld this year.
1: Wanna ask you one final question about the so called quarterback shows. Aaron Rodgers takes over Pat McAfee weekly to to many headlines. You just announced that Daniel Jones would be appearing weekly on the Ringer's New York, New York podcast with John Jastrzemski. Uh, Josh Allen, he's actually appearing on Kyle Brandt's new ESPN show every week. So is the death of, quote unquote, kind of terrestrial radio appearances by quarterbacks every week officially upon us? And what do you make of this kind of quarterback podcast trend?
0: Well, I think a lot of stuff is transitioning online, right? Like when you introduced me, which is totally fine. And I totally think you probably have a younger audience. You know, there is no mention of like the newspaper, which again, is totally like, I'm not just saying to notice, right? But we still sell a newspaper. Uh, so there's the radio stations. Uh, they are have to make choices now. And I would argue like, look, here's the thing about the internet and podcast. It's a better medium to deliver information. There's no doubt about that. There's, you can't make an argument uh, against that. It's just, it's instantaneous. You can distribute your podcast. For example, you can distribute, you're just a person, right? But you can distribute just as well as Fox Sports or ESPN. Now, obviously they have a bigger reach. They have a bigger megaphone, but technically you can reach anybody in the world. And so- that's changed everything, and I and I argue that podcasts are probably a better forum, and maybe there might be potentially get more bang for your buck because these are all paid. Uh, if you're on a podcast now, obviously the radio spots can turn into you know uh, audio that's a you know in podcast form, uh, but yeah, I mean, look, this is the way of the world. This is where it's going. I mean, will Daniel Jones really be that? The problem with these things is are they that interesting? Right. That's where. Uh, you kind of you get the coaches like a Rex Ryan back in the day, um, and, you know, and certain coaches are just kind of different and don't want to do the BS. But if Daniel Jones is going to go on with John Yastrzemski and say something, sure. But if he's going on there and just sort of doing quarterback speak, uh, that's not going to be like, let me go listen to that, you know, after you listen to it once. I don't know if you get, get me for a second time.
1: Follow him on Twitter at Andrew Marshan. You can read him on nypost.com and pick up the newspaper if you're you in go. the area Have you ever well. picked up
0: a newspaper? Have you ever bought a newspaper?
1: <laughs> Have I ever bought a newspaper? Yeah. It's been delivered. I've, I'm in the Boston area. I get the Globe delivered every Sunday to, All right. to All the right, family good. house.
0: All right, good. All right, it's good to hear. Right, that's yeah, no, a lot of young people, yeah, never bought a newspaper. It's it's fine. Like, we, we are digital first. You know what I mean? It's not like the newspaper's. is is not the the main thing it's still important but it's not the main thing it's you know digital is what we're focused on uh like everyone else because that's where uh the biggest audience is and you know obviously the future
1: don't kill the newspaper all right he's Andrew Martian you can get him on all those platforms including print digital everywhere uh Andrew thanks so much for coming on thank you All right, thanks to Andrew Marchand. Quick plug for my own blog about a lot of the stuff that we talked about. Just wrote it on my personal website, which you can access through all of my social media channels, especially on Twitter at Aiden T. Hatton. How to make sense of the NFL's broadcasting revolution. Go check it out. Next week, got a very exciting guest to talk about the betting landscape that seems to be developing in my home state of Massachusetts. So stay tuned for that. This has been Games and Grub.
0: This has been Games and Grow.